everyone, I'm Serena from the Geology Podcast Network, coming to you from Kingston, Ontario. Canada is a big place and the majority of us have not been able to explore its full extent. That is why, in the face of a global pandemic keeping us at home, I am bringing you some armchair Canadian geology. Welcome to the Backyard Geology Podcast Series, Canada Edition. Join me on a trip across Canada to look at some of our most treasured sites. This week's stop, Drumheller, Alberta. I really enjoy geology outreach, which is the reason why I am speaking to you from this podcast. In my experience, it can sometimes be hard to get kids excited about geology because it is not a topic heavily covered in elementary school, at least not here in Canada. Thankfully, there is one topic in geology that has a 100% success rate in engaging all kids, and those of any age for that matter. Dinosaurs. Lava is also another hot topic, but that's not what this podcast is about. Dinosaurs. Now that I have your attention, let's talk about Canada's dinosaur fossil haven in the Alberta Badlands. Across the Canadian prairies, about 130 kilometers northeast of Calgary, is the small town of Drumheller, established in the early 1900s as a coal mining town. About another 170 kilometers southeast of Drumheller lies Dinosaur Provincial Park, nestled in the Alberta Badlands. Today, The Badlands attract tourists from across Canada for their spectacular geologic history and world-class display of dinosaur fossils. Sediments like sand, mud, and clay become a lot more interesting when they host the world's most famous reptiles, among other groups of animals. Let's jump back to the late Cretaceous period, about 70 million years ago, to when the sedimentary Horseshoe Canyon formation was being formed. During this time, the Western Interior Seaway cut across North America from the Gulf of Mexico through to the Arctic Ocean, separating North America into two subcontinents, Laramidia to the west and Appalachia to the east. This massive seaway was over 3,000 kilometers long and up to 1,000 kilometers wide. The waters were shallow, less than a kilometer in depth, which favored the formation of carbonates that now act as key oil and gas reservoirs. It's on the margin of the Western Interior Seaway that the sediments of the Horseshoe Canyon formation were deposited and where Cretaceous fauna thrived. Sediments eroded from the then recently formed Rocky Mountains were drained into the seaway from the west. The river channels deposited sands in the coastal regions. In sedimentology, sands are on the coarser side of things and are deposited by faster-moving waters, such as those of the Riparian coast. River or fluvial deposits make up complicated sedimentary profiles that preserve the many different components of a large-scale river system. One such example are point bar deposits, visible in the sedimentary rocks throughout the Badlands. The point bar is the inner edge of a river bend, and deposits are characteristically on a slight incline as water flowing around the bend deposits sediments along the riverbank. Periodically, sea level rose, depositing clays and shales. Unlike sand, clay particles are very fine and can only settle out of quiet, gentle waters. Deeper waters experience less turbulence from things like waves and drainage pathways, 
allowing fine sediments to be deposited. Meanwhile, swampy environments in the coastal region allowed plant matter to accumulate and be buried by sediment influxes, forming coal. Today, you can find thin layers or seams of coal in the sandstones and shales of the Horseshoe Canyon Formation. Several small towns, including Drumheller, were established for the purposes of coal mining. Much like the sediments of the Niagara Escarpment featured in Episode 2, the sediments of the Horseshoe Canyon Formation remained relatively undisturbed over the years, meaning that they lie mostly flat and were eroded away in part due to the ice sheets that once covered North America. The term badlands refers to the erosional patterns left behind in these rocks that made them mauvaise à traverser, or bad to traverse, according to French explorers that came to Alberta in the 19th century. A basin was left when the western interior seaway drained, meaning that meltwater from ice sheets drained in and out through the basin, eroding the soft and poorly consolidated sediments around Drumheller, forming the Badlands. Today, the Red Deer River runs through Drumheller, dissecting the landscape and forming the Drumheller Valley, with countless gullies running down the sides of the hills, creating the characteristic Badland topography. One of the most famous erosional features of the Badlands are hoodoos. These are tall, isolated spires of rock formed by wind and water erosion. The eerie fairy chimneys, as they are also known, make for unforgettable landmarks. The transition from sedimentation on the margin of the western interior seaway to erosion by glacial scouring and back to sedimentation by glacial deposition is marked in the Badlands by an unconformity. An unconformity is the contact surface between two groups of sediments that are not related to one another. The present-day badlands from top to bottom show the sandstone, shale, and coal layers discussed earlier, which are covered in a layer of poorly sorted glacial sediments, representing two different depositional phases in geologic time. In reality, the coastal sediments would have been much more vertically extensive but were eroded down by glaciers and topped with whatever those glaciers left behind. This leaves an unconformity. Now, if you're not satisfied with just the sediments of the Badlands, then you will be by the dinosaurs. Dinosaur Provincial Park and the Royal Tyrrell Museum down the Red Deer River together host a world-class fossil assemblage. In 1984, Joseph Burr Tyrrell, a geologist with the Geological Survey of Canada, found a carnivorous dinosaur skull near Drumheller. By the 1900s, there was a craze for fossils in the area, for collectors and for those looking to put together museum displays. In 1955, Dinosaur Provincial Park was established, and in the 1960s and 70s, the fossil obsession in the Badlands shifted more to the scientific side, when the extent and importance of the fossil assemblage was understood. In 1979, Dinosaur Provincial Park was recognized as a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and the Royal Tyrrell Museum was established in 1985, named after Joseph Tyrrell for his discovery of the Albertosaurus back in 1884. While the museum was initially set up to serve as a scientific facility, it now includes many public galleries showcasing the fossils found on site, including over 60 species of dinosaurs. 
The discovery of dinosaurs is largely due to the erosion that took place in the badlands that allows dinosaur remains to be exposed at the surface and to be stumbled upon by the inhabitants of the Holocene, such as us. The fossils are from the end of the Cretaceous period, representing the last 15 million years or so of the age of the dinosaurs, 81 to 66 million years ago. These dinosaurs would have been subject to the Cretaceous Tertiary, or KT, extinction about 66 million years ago, which is the famous mass extinction everyone talks about that wiped out about 80% of all species on Earth, including the dinosaurs. The coastal setting made for the perfect burial grounds for the dinosaur remains, allowing them to be preserved, buried under sediments shifted by the floods and rivers on the border of the seaway. Among them are a few showstoppers. Albertosaurus, the first to be formally discovered, is similar to Tyrannosaurus, though a bit smaller. Hadrosaurs, or duck-billed dinosaurs, are the most common species found in the badlands around Dinosaur Provincial Park. Bones in their snout resemble the duckbill, facilitating their herbivore lifestyle. But aside from the individual Cretaceous species present, perhaps one of the most special things about the fossil assemblages is the abundance of species and specimens that allow paleontologists to study the evolution, behavior, and interactions of these creatures. How did they hunt? How did they lay eggs? How did they interact with other species? What were the role of feathers? These are the big questions that require large collections to investigate and that help scientists understand what the Cretaceous would have looked like. The importance of the collections hosted in Alberta, not just in the Badlands, means that Alberta has some of the strictest fossil protection laws worldwide. Fossils, including traces, are protected under the provincial government's Historical Resources Act. If you find a fossil, note the location where you found it and check with the Historical Resources Act to see how you should proceed. The sediments in the Alberta Badlands capture a snapshot of the end of the Cretaceous period, unlike anywhere else in the world. Come for the rocks, the coal, the fossils, or the sunsets across the basin. These lands are not so bad at all, especially if you're a geologist eager to get a glimpse of an ancient coastal metropolis. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends. Backyard Geology Canada Edition is part of the Geology Podcast Network and is sponsored by Traveling Geologists.